Miami's postseason a fluke? We've heard that before, but according to ESPN's Zach Lowe, that might be how the league views the Heat's run to the NBA Finals. Plus, I break down the latest on Damian Lillard and why Summer League is more important than ever for Miami on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked on Heat. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. I'm your host, David Ramil, my usual co-host. Not available today, but we've still got a great show to start off your week. We're going to kick it off by talking about how Miami's run to the finals is viewed by GMs around the league in terms of how they build teams. We'll also get into the latest rumors regarding Damian Lillard and why Miami's summer league is so important for a team that's looking to replicate their postseason success. But we'll start off with that piece from ESPN's Zach Lowe, talking about why Miami's run to the NBA Finals was a little bit of a fluke. Well, at least that's the takeaway that most FEE fans seem to have gotten from Lowe's piece. It's it's you know, The headline there is, is basically what GMs can learn from Miami's run to the NBA Finals, and the answer is very little. And and it kind of, I know the view from Heat fans will be that it's somewhat negative. And the term that everybody's using is that it was somewhat of a fluke. The Heat's run, according to Lowe, this is a quote. The thinking went was a home combination of a fluke and a reversion to normal for a team that had gone cold from three point range all season. Basically, looking at how Miami's hot shooting carried them into the NBA Finals. The fluke thing rubs Heat fans a little raw, and I totally get that. For the, from my perspective, having covered the Miami Heat during their run through the Orlando bubble, and to hear that being dismissed as a fluke was really, really insulting. And I took that personally, as I'm sure the Heat players did themselves. Now, they'll never admit to it. They don't care. They say they don't care about how the the Meteor fans or whatever dismisses their run, but they took it personally. We saw what Bam Adebayo has said uh, during Miami's postseason run about how they were dismissed. We saw how you know Jimmy Butler has said, "Oh, we don't care about you all. We don't we, ain't got, we don't care about what you have to say." They care. They're just not going to use that as some you know excuse or any kind of reasoning publicly or anything like that. That's not their priority. But they do care about that. And I'll I'll be honest as well. I cared about it because I saw what this team was capable of before the Orlando bubble. This is a team that's built to challenge teams and to focus singularly on basketball in a way that other teams and other NBA players just do not. Having said that, yes, there is an element of flukiness to Miami's run this past season. Why? Because they were a mediocre team for most of the regular season. But that doesn't mean that the elements of what made them a great team weren't there all along. It was a combination of many different things. And a fluke has something that a fluke plays a part in every NBA championship. Whether it's an injury or whether something breaks the right way, you need those things to break in your favor. You can look at what Denver went through. And people are dismissing what they accomplished in terms of, oh, well, they happen to catch 
you know, the Lakers when they were a little bit older and LeBron is towards the tail end of his career. They caught the Suns before they made the acquisition of Bradley Beal when they were just, you know, KD and, 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 and you know, they, they weren't really, they were trying to incorporate Kevin Durant and they weren't really sure Devin Booker wasn't sure how to play alongside him. They're dismissing that run to the NBA Finals. And that's insulting to Nuggets fans. That's their motivation. That's their bulletin board material. But for the Heat to be viewed as a fluke, that's ridiculous. It's it's patently stupid and ridiculous to view that. It's dismissive. There is an element of flukiness. You get lucky and you take advantage of it. But as I've said on the show many times, you have to be in a position to take advantage of those opportunities when they come up. Because if not, well, you're the Boston Celtics and you crap away a talented team and a really good opportunity to build off of last year's finals run. And that's just the reality. I mean, look, Giannis chose to sit out game three of their opening run there. He chose to sit it out and he came back and it still didn't make a goddamn difference. They were there, you know, chopping it up, laughing on the sidelines when Milwaukee had that incredible game two performance where they had a historical outlier shooting performance. And, you know, they, they thought they were going to cruise through this series. Miami caught one in, in game one. They got lucky. My, Milwaukee bounced back in game two. And there's a lot of doubt about whether or not Miami can continue to persevere, but they did. I think the point, though, from Lowe's piece, and I think it's a good one, is can you build a team to emulate what Miami was able to to do during the postseason? And I don't think that's the case. I think so much has to be in the right place for Miami uh, in terms of what they've already built. Their model is not sustainable around the league. You don't duplicate what Miami's done. Miami is one of one. The front office stability, the fact that you can all call for Eric Spolster's head, he's never getting fired. There's no instability. There's no doubts about where you are and what, where you stand in the hierarchy of the front office, the coaching staff, and the players. There could be tumultuous times. There could be dark times. There could be bad times. There could be uh, uncomfortable times. And they don't care. They love that. You hear Eric Spolster talk about this, and he's like a new age self-help guru. He's like, you know, we love that. It's cathartic. Good things come from change. You need to break a few eggs in order to make a few omelets. Whatever epithet you want to throw out there, Eric Spolster has used them at some point before. They love that kind of change. And for Miami, what they did was they simply didn't care about the regular season. Yeah, you have to care. They went through a lot of games lost due to injury, and and Pat Riley mentioned that at his end-of-season post-game presser. Eric Spolster has mentioned that a number of times. They went through some adversity in terms of instability, trying to figure out you know who was a starter, who wasn't, um, you know, trying to incorporate new players and new roles like Caleb Martin, and then of course you had Kevin Love, and you know Jimmy Butler's missing time, Bam Adebayo misses time. It all adds up. Kyle Lowry, who was a starter prior to his injury, has to sit out a a prolonged amount of time, and then he gets welcomed back into the rotation coming off the bench. Those things matter. It kind of leads to some incongruity, some uh, lack of understanding about exactly what you're supposed to do on a day-to-day basis during the grind, the slow process of the regular season. But Miami was able to persevere through that because of the stability of the organization, because everybody knew – Look, we might lose games in February. It doesn't matter so long as we're playing for something in May and June. And that's exactly what they were able to do this past season. Having said that, I also think that Miami 
knows exactly what they want to be. They know exactly what kind of a team they want to be. And it's one that wants to win 16 games rather than 82. They're not an 82-game team. That's somewhat cliche, but it applies. And it makes a lot of sense because this team wants to focus on winning a championship, which is why they're pursuing superstar players like Damian Lillard, like Bradley Beal, like Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, etc. They know what it takes to win in this league, and that's a superstar to complement the existing core on this roster. And that core, primarily, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, perhaps to some extent Tyler Hero, as we talked about, following Riley's end-of-season press conference. I don't think that other teams can build a team like Miami. You just need things to break right, and you need to build towards something. You need to have some kind of stability. Pat Riley established that in 1995, and it's been – I can't do my math – 31 years of it since then. 31 years. No, 36 years. 20, 20, wow, who cares? I'm a, <laughs> this is my ode to you, Wes. I can't do math at this show, right? 28 years, excuse me. 28 years of Pat Riley stability, keeping everybody in the same place in their front office, making sure that you build towards something. You go through different iterations. You go through different variations of the group. You bring in a new player. You lose an old player. It changes, but there is a commitment to the same principles that got you there from day one all the way to here 28 years later and i think that needs to break right and then again it's that kind of faith in oneself and 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 who you are as a team that allowed them to find ways to win against other opponents that may have had quote unquote more talent that may have been viewed as quote unquote favorites over the miami heat and Miami just doesn't seem to care about that. They didn't care last year when they went on their magical run, even after being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They didn't care in the Orlando bubble, and they sure as hell won't care next year, regardless of whatever roster changes are made, whether you acquire Damian Lillard or you you don't, you're going to find a heat group that is committed to winning during the postseason. It leads to a lot of frustration for fans during regular season games. I'm right there with you. But you also have to keep your eye on the prize because that's what matters most to this franchise is being able to win when it matters most in the postseason, not in a game in February. Having said that, they are acquiring or looking to acquire, I should say. I'm not putting it out there just yet. They're looking to acquire a superstar at Damian Lillard. We'll talk about, I'll talk about the latest updates on Damian Lillard and what it means for you, Miami Heat fans. But we'll talk about that in our next segment. But before we do that, Just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices over at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure to check out this week's episodes with insiders around the NBA to provide the latest updates on Damian Lillard. It's going to be a continuing saga 
something I will talk about in the next segment. But before we get to that, just wanted to talk a little bit about Summer League because I think following the draft and the acquisition of Jaime Jaquez Jr., I think a lot of people are looking at the the undrafted free agents that were brought in following the draft. And, you know, there was, of course, a lot of news about the, the schedule of the uh, NBA Las Vegas Summer League. Miami participating first in the California Classic and then moving on from there after a couple games in California to Las Vegas. They will be playing five games there. Their first game just next week. There's not a lot of time in between the draft, Miami's finals run and everything else. But Las Vegas Summer League starts in just a couple of days. It's not too far away from now, and Miami will be kicking it off. So just a little news on on who exactly will be participating for the Heat. Some well-known names for Heat fans. Nikola Jovic will be there. Jamal Kane will be there. Orlando Robinson will be there. We don't know the extent of which they'll play. Of course, there's always a possibility of injury. I remember last season, last summer, I should say, uh, Omer Yurtseven wanted to participate, but between joining the Turkish national team and a minor injury, he didn't really get the opportunity to play as much as he had hoped. But um, those three players that were on the Heat roster last year will be in Summer League. Jaime Jaquez Jr., of course, will be there. So he's going to be going over to California. And after that, and that's his home state, he'll be there for the California Classic, and then he'll join the team in Las Vegas for Summer League. Another name that's familiar to Heat fans, uh, Jamari Bouye will be there as well. He is expected to join the team. Of course, he spent last season with the Sioux Falls Skyforce, had a, a run here and there, a cup of coffee, as they say, with the Miami Heat team. However, some undrafted free agents signed by Miami this past week after the NBA draft will also be completing the Summer League roster. Chase Ottage, Caleb Daniels, Javon Franklin, Taylor Funk, Patrick Gardner, and one name that I'm a little curious about, that's Justin Powell, a six foot six shooter. And I, I see I see Miami, and I know a lot of Heat fans are, are kind of expecting this already. Miami priming themselves, looking to build their next Max Struess, their next Duncan Robinson. And I, I think that's a good way of viewing this. He's a guy who shot 42% from three-point range in college, six foot six. He's got the size and length, not explosive, not athletic, whatever you want to look at it. Uh, and, and so Miami has a chance to develop him as they did Struess, as they did Duncan. And I think that's a smart strategy because, to me, this year's summer league is more important than it has been a lot of time. I, I have never been – I won't go so far as to say I've never been a fan of summer league, but there's not much that you can take away from summer league because, well, it's, it's the summer league. The guys are trying to prove themselves. It's uh, either undrafted players or a high draft pick that maybe plays a game or two. It's a show. Nothing that happens in summer league usually builds out over the course of, I mean, I would say 98% of what we see in summer league never is extrapolated over the course of the regular season. It's just your opportunity to get your feet wet to, as a player, you want to be able to test the ground, see what you can do against NBA level competition or pseudo NBA level competition. And at the same time, I'm looking at this roster and there are going to be so many holes to fill especially if the Damian Lillard trade goes down. Again, we'll talk about that. I'll talk about that in the next segment. But if you're looking at, at what Miami needs out of the Summer League, first of all, Jaime Jaquez, if he's going to be on this roster following any trade for Lillard or not, he, he needs to get that experience. I think it's a good opportunity for him and for Heat fans to see exactly what they're getting out of a, a decent draft pick. But for the undrafted players, 
look, we just, as I explained in the first segment, Miami has a process. They build players, they develop them, they get them to understand their roles, and they contribute when it matters most. There are going to be opportunities for the Oddages or the Powells or whomever that's on this summer league roster to play for Miami next season. I don't know how many minutes they'll get. You know, obviously a player like Jovic, who was a draft pick, and Hakez, who was a draft pick, is likely to get more opportunities because that's just the nature of the world. But we have seen this with Duncan Robinson. Like, at one point, Duncan Robinson didn't get any playing time during Dwayne's last season, 2018-19. But the following season, with the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, he was promoted as a starter. He went from five, six handful of games alongside that heat bench there and Dwayne Wade's retirement season. And then all of a sudden he's a starter alongside Jimmy Butler. And it, it was a, a just a drastic change, but that's what happens. You have to prove that you can play at a high level. And so it starts here at summer league. And for a roster like Miami, that's going to need an injection of youth, an injection of energy, uh, a hunger that comes with that, because that's going to carry over during that 82 game slot when you're not, and invested emotionally and physically in trying to beat Orlando or Atlanta or Minnesota or whomever. Not and not a knock on any of those specific teams. It's just you go through this process where you play these teams and you go on a long road trip. And you know what? That doesn't matter to Jimmy Butler. He only wants to win a championship at this point in his career. Nothing else matters. Those 15 games prior to that don't matter. The 15 wins prior, it's the 16th win that he's still craving and he has yet to achieve unfortunately, throughout his NBA career. And so you need these players to find a reason to step up, to, to provide some level of inspiration, to just be a body out there, but also to look at the opportunity of being an NBA player and make the most of those opportunities and to potentially set yourself up for more and more success down the road. I think it's going to be crucial to see what these players are available. I'm actually looking forward to being there in Las Vegas to see that team develop, to see them turn into something. There's so much during Las Vegas, there's the the... the the shadow of free agency hanging over everything. Then there's, of course, the spectacle of Victor Buebanyama and all the other draft picks looking to make their impact. It's going to be exciting. And, and yet at the same time, Miami has to look at it as just, you know what? This is day one at the office. We're going to continue to go through the grind. We're going to get these players to be contributors at a high level. And especially with an aging roster that's not fully invested in an aging game regular season, these players will have an opportunity, not just Orlando Robinson, Nikola Jovic. We know those guys have a role almost carved out for them already. It's the rest of the guys, the undrafted players that are going to have a chance to audition what they bring to the table as NBA players for the Miami Heat and Las Vegas Summer League is the place to do it. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think you should be as well. But one of the things that I know a lot of Heat fans are looking forward to is the potential trade for Damian Lillard. Well, I'll talk about the latest ongoing saga regarding Damian Lillard. And, of course, social media plays a part in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. We're back here on Locked on Heat. Thanks to everybody who has subscribed to the show. If you haven't, Make sure you do so. You can subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on multiple platforms. We love that support. Leave comments. Send in emails. You can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment question on Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat. My voice giving out just a little bit here 
as we continue to go through the show. But I think it's worth pointing out that uh, we haven't gotten much of an update regarding Damian Lillard. Uh, there was a a fun troll job on social media. Uh, I think there was an Instagram live feed from Damian Lillard, who, if I'm not mistaken, was in Paris with his family enjoying a meal. And somewhere in the background, a DJ starts playing Welcome to Miami by Will Smith, a classic hit. And I'm being sarcastic for anybody who can't see my face in the process. But anyway, an easily identifiable song, that's for sure. And, of course, his family starts laughing in the background. Dame goes live on IG and plays it. Uh, trolls the rest of the crowd there, and everybody loves it up. And, of course, <laughs> from there, it becomes such a spectacle that his agent actually has to release a statement to Sam Amick of The Athletic saying, oh, hey, that was purely coincidental. It's not like he's inting at anything. It's not like he's asking for anything. And then, of course, the following day, Jimmy Butler posts a, a screenshot, as he often does, on his IG feed uh, regarding what he's listening to. And guess what? It's Dame Dollar. He's listening to Damon Lillard and one of his songs. So everybody's having a lot of fun with that, but Heat fans are not having as much fun. They're they're seeing it and, and reading the tea leaves and hoping for some clear, concrete answers. And none of that matters. <laughs> and I have to be honest with you. You're looking in the wrong places. You're not going to get any kind of updates from Jimmy or Dame via Instagram. That's just not how it works. They are trollers. The NBA in general players are like to troll fans and media. Uh, we have to be prepared for that. Why? Because they feel like they're put upon by fans and media. You've got fans yelling, oh, why didn't you put up that extra rebound? You cost me my parlay or something like that. You've got you know fans that are pissed off that th they lost some money uh, betting on them or that, you know, they, they were a bum or that they're, they suck, they're washed, etc. So for an NBA player, and of course, conversely, they also feel that media does a bad job of portraying their story accurately or saying exactly what they would want to hear about them. And they, they only know half the story. Then you get aggregators who kind of share something out of context. It's a whole melange of stuff here. Uh, none of which really benefits the player that much so if they can tweak us a little bit via social media and they are having some fun with it then they're absolutely going to do it we see a number of players kind of tweet out the uh the the open eyes emoji right uh, oh, oh something's happening be on the lookout something's going to happen and nothing happens of course because he's just like tweaking us and that's fine that's absolutely fine but i just want to tell fans I, I wanted to use this opportunity to preach patience because i don't think anything's going to shake out within the next day or two it's unrealistic. We haven't heard any updates from Dame Lillard or his agent regarding uh, whether or not he has requested a trade or will request a trade. And I still don't think it's something that we're liable to hear until we get that tweet from Chris Haynes saying Dame Lillard has met with front office, Portland's front office, and has formally requested a trade. Uh, and, and from Miami's perspective and Miami Heat fans' perspective, there are other teams that can outbid what Miami could send in a package to Portland. And there's no denying that. You got Brooklyn, you got New York, you got other teams there. I don't think New York is as interested because they've already got Jane, uh, Jalen Brunson on the roster. But for a team like Brooklyn looking to make a splash, and they just had a superstar last year in Kevin Durant, they might want to acquire the player as well, a superstar level player like Dame Lillard. But from Lillard's perspective, I don't know that he'd want to join a team like Brooklyn. Brooklyn has fine young players, and yes, they finished with a higher seed than Miami during the regular season, none of which matter. They got swept out in the first round, of course. The reality is that uh, if Brooklyn has to send something over to Portland in order to finalize any trade, 
then their roster, what's left on their roster is not going to be particularly good and certainly not going to be much better than Portland's and is not going to be a championship contender. The reality is that Miami is in a prime place to acquire Lillard. The only missing piece is Lillard for, for, officially, formally requesting a trade. There are no other contenders out there that are in a good place to acquire Lillard that would have to give up the kind of players that are necessary to facilitate that trade and it would still be a championship contender. That's just not the reality. Maybe Phoenix. Phoenix might have been one of those teams, but they don't really need an all-star point guard. They just got Bradley Beal. Uh, they've got Devin Booker there. They've got Kevin Durant there. I mean, I, and I don't know that Lillard has any interest in joining the Phoenix team. Having said that, I know he loves Bam Adebayo. They're close friends. Jimmy Butler, they're close friends. I, I think there is enough here on this roster after whatever trade is finalized. Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, combination of first. When the final offer is, is made, if, again, Dame Lillard makes that request, then I think Miami's in a prime position to acquire Lillard. And I know Heat fans are frustrated by it. And, and, and I get it. It's, it's a couple of summers of, like, Hearing Miami's name interested in Donovan Mitchell, hearing Miami linked to Kevin Durant and, and coming up with nothing. And Miami is going to do the same thing this year. They're going to wait. They are not, I think, going to make any other changes to this roster. And I've said this before, and I continue to say it, and I know my co-host disagrees with me, but my feeling is that they're not going to make sweeping changes to this roster if they don't acquire Dame Lillard. It's Lillard or bust. And I don't know that they have the, the room, the capacity, the roster flexibility, the positive assets necessary in order to acquire a big gap in their in their uh, front court. And, and I think that's still what's necessary for this team to put them into really good shape as, as far as contention is concerned. They need a power forward. They need somebody there. And, and there are not a lot of options. I, I, I mean, I don't. It, let me pose this question. If you don't get Dame Lillard because he doesn't make that request or whatever, let's see, the unforeseeable expects it happens and, and they can't put a package, they get outbid by another team. Is John Collins the best alternative for this team? Would you be satisfied with just the simple acquisition of John Collins? It's possible. It might be enough. I don't know that it necessarily puts Miami in a tier above where they are right now. It kind of just provides a player that shores up a glaring weakness at an obvious position of need. And yes, that might be enough, but it didn't really seem to matter last year either. They went through a run through the finals without those players, without a, a, a John Collins, without a, a clear power forward. They had Kevin Love, they had Cody Zeller, and then they went a small ball lineup with Caleb Martin. And you know what? That was enough. And it might be enough next year too. And I, I would expect it would be the case for this Miami group. I, I don't know. I don't. I, there's nobody on this. Look, there's Nikola Jovic. Maybe he's the answer at the four. I don't think Jaime Jaquez is the answer at the four. He's a little too undersized. And again, he's a rookie. You don't want to put him out there and, and say, you know what? You're a starting power forward. That's not ideal. And I don't think that they're not going to, they don't have the cap flexibility to sign any other free agents, especially no free agents of worth other than undrafted free. I'm sorry, uh, minimum veteran contracts that could shore up this roster. And, and, and those aren't the players that typically have the kind of impact that a lot of fans expect or want. So, Look, maybe this is all a lot about nothing. Maybe in the next 24 hours we get an update regarding Dame Lillard and, and he has finalized a, a request and, you know, maybe a trade starts shaking down. But for now, 
Uh, my feeling is that it's not going to play out as immediately as fans would like, and that we should we should all be as patient as possible until something is finalized. And if not, you know what? <laughs> what can I say? I know it's easy for a lot of fans to lose faith and say, oh, this has been another disappointing summer. I know it's been another sad summer of not acquiring said superstar whatever. This roster, even without their third best player in Tyler Hero, still made a run to the NBA Finals. Perhaps even despite, you know, or in spite of, of Tyler's run to the Finals, that they were able to go, I'm sorry, in Tyler's run through uh, or injury, they were still able to go to the NBA Finals. So, you know, I, I think... I think this is another team that can continue to grow and get better. They're not going to win a lot of games during the regular season because it just doesn't matter to them, and that's fine. And it should be fine for you as well. And I know that might be frustrating to hear. It might not be exactly what you want to hear, but it's a, a good policy just to have in general because this team could be frustrating, and, and they're not going to be. They're not as superstar laden as other groups, but when it matters most, they always find a way to win. And it's been a fun, incredible season to cover. And next season should be just as much fun especially during the postseason. But anyway, we'll talk about other updates throughout the week. If there anything changes, you know to come to Locked on Heat for your updates right away. So thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow with more analysis. Thanks, to everyone, for listening. This is David Mill signing off for now.